They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. And we're back with an all-new episode of Pod Save America. Oh, is that what we're doing now? Well, I mean, we're talking about politics again, so a little bit. I have some thoughts. With our cool pop culture slant on it. (laughs) I have some thoughts about Beto O'Rourke. Oh my Is God. Him standing on bars where people are supposed to be eating their food. Why does he keep standing on tables? <laughs> like he is about to launch into sit down your rock on the boat. <laughs> I have to say, it's not even, it's not just him. I have found already this campaigning to be the most embarrassing thing for everyone who's running. Like everyone is doing embarrassing shit. Like with the food, enough with the eating. We get it. You like ice cream and chicken. It is fine. I just feel like everyone is like kind of debasing themselves. <laughs> and I, I need you all to act a little bit more presidential for when hopefully one of you kicks this idiot out of the White House. I just also feel like Beto O'Rourke. So he like lost the last thing to Ted Cruz. We're fine with that. In order to sort of earn his spot at the table of presidential nominees, you would think he would start with like, normal speeches, but he's already into his like carpe diem, get students, jump right. out of your seats phase. Yeah. I'm like, listen, you should not be jumping on tables unless Irene Cara is playing. That's what I In please. the first place. Um, Guys, wait, quick side note. <laughs> did you know that I, I wasn't, I was like kind of named after Irene Cara. Were you? What? Yeah. Cause like my dad, like she, my dad heard the name, you know, like when she was popular and like mm-hmm. when um fame was on and he liked the name, but then we spell it with a K. Okay. Oh, wow. So yeah, that is iconic, right? I knew you'd like. Yeah, Luz loves am, you a little bit more. Now. I am <laughs> very thrilled by that. <laughs> uh, the other thing that annoyed me about Beto on tables was that I couldn't really enjoy it because Twitter's annoying, right? Mm-hmm. Like you make one joke about it, and you have the people on one side who are like, "How dare he stand on that table?" That Uh, minimum wage workers have to (laughs) clean up and it's just the disrespect of white men and i'm like girl (laughs) chill out (laughs) you don't even clean up your own table (laughs) when you're done at shake shack and then two the people on the other side of the coin who are like well you know what i wouldn't care what he was doing as long as he's giving me a message you should want to hear from someone who's progressive and giving you presidential <sighs> shut the fuck up he's acting like the cool mater d at tgi fridays it's, that's the joke the, the ballots oh god the ballots are at it again and i just want to have fun i this isn't fun like i just learned a name today andrew yang do you know who that is? I didn't know who the fuck that was. Right. Apparently, he's running for president. I was like, are you kidding me? Another I, one? I didn't know about that either until my friend sent me that article about him coming out against circumcision. I mean. And I'm like, there's a position. <laughs> <laughs> I truly have gotten like three times more exhausted since this conversation even started. Uh, who the fuck is running? Um. Before this episode ends, I'm going to figure out exactly who is running 
for president in You're 2020. I'm, we're gonna we're gonna figure out who <laughs> they all are at some point. That's gonna take the whole damn episode. podcast. Uh, well, we got a busy one too. We have oh, oh a pun. Oh god, Busy Phillips is here. She's got all the jokes, all the comments. Yeah. She'll say anything about any celebrity. Uh, she's going to make us work out and she's going to record it on Instagram. Nobody, there's no more. Okay. Is there more footage of Betty White on television or of Busy Phillips planking? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, we're going to talk about a subject that it makes Kara as excited as Lewis talking about the Carpenters and I don't know, me talking about musicals <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about elizabeth hall ah, ah, yes my, my dame yes also did you know we're doing another live show in la we are Ooh, i'm gonna bring my tambourine this time it is may 14th at the regent theater and tickets are on sale now at crooked.com slash events we'll be there um last time at our live show was when i did my ode to fiona i've been working on a uh a haiku that I wrote for her. Oh, good. Which I'll perform that. At That's short. You show. can keep revising it. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Well, I've been working on uh, a monologue from Pericles, which I am very excited to share um, how much I care about the bard. Ira, we want people to buy tickets. Yeah, right. Not we... like throw them into the street or burn the tickets. Fine. Fine. I will do Troilus and Cressida. <laughs> <laughs> Sell out. So when we're back... We'll get into it. We're we're back to talk about Elizabeth Holmes. That's my voice. That's my voice. How mad are you that that documentary didn't immediately dig into the voice? Very mad. But 2020 talked about it. Right. And we'll get into that. But for those of you who don't know... HBO aired their newest documentary, The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley, which reveals how CEO of Theranos, Elizabeth Holmes, deceived business leaders around the world into thinking she had revolutionized uh -huh. the U.S. healthcare industry through her Edison device. She claimed the tool could perform hundreds of diagnostic tests using only a few drops of blood and lured in investors like... Oracle founder Larry Ellison and former Secretary of Defense James Mattis into investing in the company without providing audited financial statements or proof that her technology <laughs> even worked. She raised more than $700 million from investors and the company was allegedly worth $9 billion. But last June, the company was investigated for its validity, which led to an SEC filing against Holmes and her former COO, Ramesh, nicknamed Sonny, mm -hmm. as frauds. She paid $500,000 in fines, and they were under investigation by the Department of Justice, facing up to 20 years in prison. She eventually stepped down as CEO, and by September, Theranos was shut down, and all the investors had lost the hundreds of millions they put in the company. I just want to say, it, I, I mean, I, there are more complicated thoughts to have about this, but I've thought about it a long time. What I've really come up with is 
icon. I mean, God, it was worth it. Oh my God, Lewis, we are not. No, no, we're not. We're not. No, exactly. Also, she's a flawless person. No, no. So, also, the book is much better. I'm going to say this because I have now consumed almost everything there is to consume about this story. I listen to the podcast, watch the documentary. You better goddamn believe I will be there when Jennifer Lawrence plays this bitch in the movie. Mm. Um, Kara coming out in favor of the book will bust my legs. I know. No, no. The the book is much better because there's so much more information in it. Yeah. Because obviously, and like the things that you talk about, like going into the voice, Mm -hmm. they do go into that, into the book. And like, there's this whole other angle about like her crazy neighbor who like got this patent that like she needed and they were in this legal battle forever. So like, if you liked the documentary, absolutely read the book because it honestly, it reads like a John Grisham novel. It reads like a fucking thriller. No, I now want to devour plenty more about it. After I watched this, it was still late. I watched the 2020 special about it too, which had even more information than the documentary because the documentary, as you were telling me earlier, did have access to the deposition. Yeah. And it also went a bit into her childhood talking about how her family used to be very wealthy and then they lost that money um, through generations. generations before, yeah. Yeah. And so they sort of saw her as like, the person bringing back, you know, money and status to their family. And about how when she was nine, she wrote a letter saying that she just wanted to invent something. She really, I mean, here's the thing, guys. And and this is something that I think was outlined really well um, in the podcast and the book, which is like, to make a scientific breakthrough, which is what this bitch claimed that she did. Like the John Kerry Rue in his book was like, there's a reason everyone who wins a Nobel Prize in medicine and science is like 70 years old because you have to study science. She went to Stanford <laughs> for one year and she left saying she had made a medical breakthrough that people have been trying to do for years. Real scientists, doctors, PhDs, lab technicians, a year at Stanford. And she was like, no. I've done it. And no one blinked an eye. Everyone was like, yeah, no, she did it. That checks out. Shout out to the advisor at her college. No kidding. The only person in the whole thing who's like, I actually said no. (laughs) Who actually said multiple times this girl kept coming to me (laughs) saying, I have this idea. And she's like, okay. That's not possible. It's scientifically impossible. And then she was like, go talk to somebody else, girl. Uh, I hope she referred her to uh, the crazy janitor. <laughs> like yeah. the third floor that no one goes to anymore. Because later in the doc, too, after it's all been revealed that she's a scammer and a liar, I love how the advisor is back. And she's just like. Like I said, okay. <laughs> the bitch was lying. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. In the documentary, and Kara just said they outlined this more in the book, they don't get into the X factor really of what was so convincing about her. Like, I yeah. still don't get it. Like, they're talking to, like, Henry Kissinger, who's, yeah. like, all up in her business and stuff. And it's like, they they try was to, Was she like, really into war crimes? Well, Is that um, why he liked her? Yeah. They were so impressed that she's never blinked her eyes once in her life. Yeah. That's what they found impressive. That bl- I didn't trust that black woman who was like, I met her, and the first thing I noticed about her was she didn't blink. I was like, I know you've seen enough horror movies, sis. Right. I would have turned well, around. One of the things that is interesting is they talk, so all of the, all. so one when she was getting funding too from like VCs, she didn't go to any medical, like companies that invest in medical 
technology. So that feels like a fucking red flag <laughs> right there. And all of the people that she got these, it is people like Henry Kissinger and George Schultz, old ass dudes who don't understand science necessarily. And were really like beguiled by this like young woman who they thought was like brilliant and blonde and whatever. And like, that is one of the things like they sort of hint at that, like she just sort of transfixed them. And it was like these old men and she gave them a lot of attention. So speaking of the blonde, <laughs> I would be remiss if I did not talk about how whack this woman's hair is. <laughs> Which I apparently sorry. was part of her like yes. official artifice. Yes. Yeah. So first of all, Elizabeth Holmes' hair looks like it has never met oil. It looks like a deep it, conditioning it, treatment. It looks like it was toaster in a bathtub treatment. <laughs> uh, it is so thin and dry, but that is part of her scam. Like a her, disheveled yes. genius kind of. Because they yeah. showed her hair, it was brown. It looked wavy before it it was her actual natural hair is cute. Yeah. But her whole put on of I'm putting myself into this role of genius was to basically steal from Steve Jobs. Uh, she not was even like, basically. She was literally poaching people from Apple. Yes. To work uh, at this company. And then dressing in these black <laughs> turtlenecks and um Yeah, just, she's looking like the run crew of a college musical. <laughs> and was constantly coloring her hair. And that was the thing with people being like, oh, you know, like she was a businesswoman, you know, she wasn't trying to care about her appearance and what her hair looked like. But when you look at her, you can see that she put a lot of work into putting on makeup every day. In a specific and, look. In a yeah. specific look and dyed her hair, colored her hair all the time. But it looked a mess. She was putting a lot of yeah. work into looking a hot mess. Can I, speaking of genius, like it, it was this like to several, I, you know, I'm too busy. My favorite moment in this documentary, and this was like where, this was like the moments when I was like, oh, the documentary is worth it because you can't really get this in the book. Um, there was a journalist who had interviewed her and like other people, the company. And he, I think he was talking about when he had interviewed one of her advisors, like one of the, the Stanford professors who went on. And he said that this man was like comparing her to Steve Jobs and Larry Ellison and Archimedes, <laughs> Archimedes, who like helped invent math, Archimedes, he looked at this woman and said that name and compared her to Archimedes. Which, by the way, he he famous for making a simple machine, the lever. Yes. I mean, like also he like, he like figured out pi. Like, what are you saying? He like helped invent math. Are you saying that Elizabeth Holmes, after a year of undergraduate education at Stanford, had helped invent new science? Like, that's what you're saying. Also, it's crazy. The hilarity also of the actual machine that was supposed to be the the thing that did everything, this the Edison, Edison yeah. machine, her obsession with it being, I'm going to say, two feet by three <laughs> feet. It's like, who? why is that attractive to something like Walgreens? Like, what, like you, you want like a machine that's going to do, has like hundreds of functions to be able to do them. And they talk to the engineer making these machines. They're like, we can't fit the shit in the machine. But that was part yeah. of, so that was part of it when, and when they talk about this in the book where she was like, she was really into like a streamlined look like Apple. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's like, I want it to look very sleek, like literally got like the product designers from Apple. And so that was part of the thing. It's like it had to look this way. It's like it doesn't work, girl. 
yeah, halt and catch on fire, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also the fact that she was never using <laughs> these devices. I love the part of the story where they talk about people going and checking out the lab <laughs> and there was the fake lab right. and then like the real lab where things are just falling apart <laughs> underneath her. And my favorite part of the documentary was um, when... They were dancing. Oh, oh my, my God. God. They had this, uh, they had this no, uh, no, meeting. This no, no, yeah. it was, they had finally gotten FDA approval for one test. Yes. Which was not like a featured test. No, no, it. Like, yeah. like a nothing test. And so they threw like a party and she walked out to. MC Hammers, you can't touch this. <laughs> but so she's walking slowly. There's this guy behind her who's just like doing his white boy grooving Everyone else is dancing. When she comes up to the employees and gets on stage, there there must be em, former employees now who are looking at this documentary, seeing clips of them dancing to this, who look so embarrassed and dumb now. Right. And she's like, how about that FDA approval? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody in that room would know that we don't even care about that approval. Honestly, yeah. throw her in jail for the dancing alone. Yeah. <laughs> and throw away the her, key. Oh I my mean, God. Her was, raising the roof. That was one of the worst things I have ever in her In her ugly vest. I mean. Can I also, <laughs> I saw a lot of people like on Twitter and on Instagram and it was, a, and it was, listen, let's all like, let's all make fun of Elizabeth Holmes, absolutely. But I saw a lot of white people that were like, the caucasity. And I'm like, you don't get to say that. Yeah. We get, we get to say that one. You don't get to make fun of the white people in the dancing. Like, <laughs> let us have that one. Let's absolutely make fun of her. But that's ours. Also, here's the thing, Elizabeth Holmes. At your own, at like a dance party celebrating you, you don't have to dance. You Remember that old footage of Hillary Clinton? Everybody's doing the Macarena. Yeah. Hillary's not doing the Macarena. <laughs> yeah, she's just sort of like yeah. nodding along to it. Yeah. I mean, While other people drape themselves in the American flag and do the hand dance. Yeah, I mean, if you can't even bust a move to Michael Bolton's You Wouldn't Know Love, maybe you shouldn't try and step up to MC Hammer. Yeah. Although Michael Bolton does slap. I'm sorry. There's just so many layers to How this. Dare you? Like we could truly do, we could do a, I mean, like there is a podcast, but it's like the fact that she was dating Sonny. She was dating this dude who was like 19 years older than her. That's what I was like. He she was had the company. all this money. And she was fucking sunny. She also, like, the thing about them with the security where they were Eagle 1 and Eagle 2, like, it's just, every layer of it is so bonkers. Like, this is why, like, I only want more content of this. This is all I want to talk about. You have George Schultz's son who is, like, out here trying to tell his uh. grandpa, this woman is scamming you. And, like, his own grandfather doesn't believe him. And it it took, like, they took her, like, being indicted. For him to be like, oh, I guess you were right, grandson. Right. Like, you believe this woman over your grandson? After a man came to your home and was harassing your oh, grandson? And, like assaulted him? Yes. I truly, I wish they had some footage somehow of her talking to people behind closed doors. Because what we get of her, like her talking points to me, again, look, I'm, I'm not somebody who's going to invest, whatever. But to me, everything out of her mouth is so bland. I don't get the power of her. Mm. I don't get like what they heard her say that made them right. think like this is revolutionary to me this everything she says sounds like a book report to me which is while that she also looked so crazy because she actually looks fine on all the magazine covers and things that yeah. were being put out because obviously there was a stylist on set um but i saw you instagram <laughs> the fact that she 
she had the nerve to show up to Obama's White House with that crazy looking hair. Without a... But like an expensive dress on too. Yeah. It's just the entire it's, effect it... of it. I feel so much like Lewis. I don't, I don't get it. And yeah. I feel like I just was not in a place where I was following Theranos as it was happening. Right. So I didn't get the fascination with her. Especially now since like, I feel it. like it, it starts and she's she's a, Stan, uh, a Stanford student and then suddenly she has 300 employees. Like I don't really well, get the jump the there. They go, yeah. they go very like they jump a lot in the documentary because there is like the you know the book goes into more the slow building of it. Um, but it's just the other, like, I liked that in the documentary, they had that guy who was like a, a behavioral econo uh, economist or whatever he was, who was just talking about the way that all of the employees just bought into it, which is what I found so fascinating, because you have all of these people who work there, like actual scientists, like people who know what they're talking about, and that they're doing this over and over again, and they know it doesn't work. And you have to believe some of them knew, because you, you've since had all of these like doctors and scientists, they're like, what she wants to do is not possible. If we were able to test that do that many tests on that little blood, we would have done this forever ago. And so they're just like, you lit the science right now does not allow for it. And that none of these mm -hmm. people, everyone just like kept chugging along on this train, like kind of, I feel like knowing that it didn't, it wasn't going to go anywhere is like a crazy, like hive mind. And you're like, what was she saying to all of you? And I want to sort of try and step back and analyze that and be like, is this about you know, is it because she was just like this white woman? Is it because she's uh, really young? You know, she's really young, you know, and I feel like that has something to do with it. You know, the idea that she's this young woman and you're like that literally constantly crave, controlling the tone of her voice, which strikes right. me as relevant. People crave <laughs> youth, you know, yeah. and, you know, I mean, a deep, a deep voice stealing blood from people. I mean, it's <laughs> like it's like a bat. It's like Dracula. 2000. Uh, she's vitamin C. <laughs> um, but it's so different from the other scammers we've talked about on the show. You know, like, because part of me feels like she really thought she was doing something. That is like at first it started yeah. out trying to do something. Well, then it became this isn't working. So now I'm just going to straight up lie about it. But at no point do I ever think that like Billy McFarlane was trying to do good for the world. His no. scamming was like. It was to make money. It was yeah. to make money. And, and and she did the Silicon Valley thing of like, it doesn't like they talk about that where, okay, if you're building a new iPhone and you're like, the iPhone isn't ready yet, but we said the iPhone's coming out. So we're all going to figure it out. Like if the iPhone is buggy, no one dies. If yeah. you tell someone that they have like a low fucking cell count of something, like they could die. They could get misdiagnosed. They could take medicine they don't need. And so it doesn't work with medicine. Like it yeah. works when it's your fucking app. It works when it's emojis and chatting and like stickers and shit that no one cares about. It doesn't work when it's people's health. And Everyone be, in rent would die from her AZT. No kidding. <laughs> no, just to be clear, when, when they get into like the actual like when the Walgreens testing centers begin and like people, they uh, there are discrepancies between blood tests by legitimate organizations and like the Theranos machines. Like it's really scary. I mean, it's like people's lives were they in could, danger. They could have killed someone yes. very right. easily. And that is the flip side of when we look at the Steve Jobs stuff and like the movies that were about him. And he's this crazy, you know, person that everyone's calling a genius. And I mean, I love my iPad. So maybe he was, um, <laughs> It's technology, you yeah. know, and it's it's sort of like it's for information and it's things that you just sort of use 
um, at, like to talk to people, yeah. you know? Steve Jobs was never in danger of killing anyone except for his relationship with his daughter. So, <laughs> Played by Catherine Waterston in that movie. I hate it. <laughs> yes. Wait, which movie? Um, oh, no, wait. Catherine Waterston was his wife, uh, Steve Jobs. The Sorkin one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. there were like two, weren't yeah. there? Mm-hmm. Ashton Kutcher played him in one. And the Ashton Kutcher one see. made more money. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. No, oh, right. all right. We saw, remember, we saw Jobs together. We did see Jobs yeah. together. Uh, <laughs> the Ashton Kutcher one. No, no, no. no, no. The, oh, yeah. yeah. A, lot, a, lot of white, a lot of white people in that theater. A lot of. You know, At guys. The Writers Guild. <laughs> I cannot wait until I am sitting front row at uh, the Arclight for the feature film starring Jennifer Lawrence on this movie because this is all I ever want to talk about anymore. This is it. Also, by the way, that would be a new level of like psychosis for Jennifer Lawrence to play. Like this I expect from Rosamund Pike. So I'm looking forward to her living up to her potential. Yeah, she did look a little bit like a young Rosamund Pike. Yeah. Oh, by the way, how much how much of this movie is actually just stills of Elizabeth Holmes like staring into the camera and us having to it, like it reminded me of footage of like Patty Hearst where we're like looking at the glint in her eye and being like, is she deceiving you right now? You know. <laughs> uh, all right. When we are back, we have busy Phillips. But first, we all know Elizabeth Warren is running for president in 2020. Did you also know that Julian Castro is still running? Oh, um, now I feel like he was one of the first people who announced it and we haven't heard Oof. from him since. Oh, God. OK, but I thought you'd forgotten about this. I No, no, I, I am going to mention everyone who is running for president in 2020 this episode. Oh, so, yeah. Julian Castro still running. Who knew? We'll be right back. <laughs> Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis. Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams robe. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. 
In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the Black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. (laughs) Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to scents, you should pick ones that smell like, well, you. Target gets it, which is why they offer a range of personal care products with fragrances for everyone. Be true to floral you with Dove Peony and Rose Body Wash. Live your fresh life with Degree Ultra Clear Deodorant. Express your decadent side with Love Beauty and Planet Coconut Shampoo. This spring... Choose care that brings you joy beyond labels. Pick up new favorites at a Target near you or online at Target.com. And we're back with Miss Busy Phillips. Hi. Host of Busy Tonight. That's correct. You're in so many things. You're in my life. I'm in your life. I enjoy I'm you. I'm so happy to be in your life. Yes. And now I'm happy to have you on the podcast. <gasps> it's been a long time coming. We've I been know. trying to schedule for quite some time. And people keep being in my Instagram like, when is Busy coming on the show? It was just, a, here. It was just here. a scheduling snafu. You Busy, know. I think you are one of the great talkers. As in, if you just literally <laughs> walked out into the middle of the street and talked to anybody, you could talk to them for like an hour. Does this happen to you a lot? Busy on the street. Busy on just the street. Just steal Billy's show. It's how I got a, It's how I got my talk show. Yeah, I like to talk a lot. I've always been a talker. But sometimes I go through periods of time, sometimes more than others. But my mom's a talker too. You know, like my mom's like one of those women when I was little. It's like, mom, stop talking to the lady at the grocery store. Can we just go? And now you're that mom. <laughs> now I'm that mom. My It drives my daughters crazy, yes. But I feel like you, you in a way, can find anybody interesting. So I just, I wonder oh. if that's taxing for you. Like just mm. like keying into everybody and like mm. being able to be like, that reminds me of something. Yeah. I mean, it can be certainly. Um, and in recent years, I've had to like as people in the world have known me and feel uh, like a kinship toward me and feel like we're really friends. I have, I have had to put up a little bit more of a self-preservation barrier in terms of my interactions with people in public only because I would do this thing that was partially a defense mechanism because uh, being recognized or being approached always made me deeply, deeply uncomfortable, even though it was the thing that I was like running toward guns blazing like wanting my whole life but then when I actually got it it Mm -hmm. like truly made me have deep anxiety and made me very uncomfortable so how I would deal with it was I would just start asking 
the person that approached me everything about their life. Right. Like strangers. Yeah. Strangers, like, who would come up and they'd be like, oh, my God, are you from Dawson's Creek? I love Dawson's Creek. And I would say, oh, that's so amazing. What's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? <laughs> and what's your... So, wait, do you, are you the oldest? I mean, no, because I'm, like, feeling like a birth order thing. Like, are you, like... And tell me... And so, do you live with your mom? And then when you were in college... And it would get to the point, Mark... My husband, Mark, would always laugh because it would get to the point where the the person who approached me as a fan would start slowly like backing away. Like, nice, nice to meet you. I gotta you. go get peas. Well, I can't, I can't tell if I met like my favorite celebrity if I like I would want to ask them all the questions or if I would feel like oh my god she cares about me. Right. right. Like I don't know which one of those I would prefer. Because I feel like secretly people want to meet celebrities so they can talk about themselves. Like it's that's like, what I you think know. too. And that's and that was like what I was responding to. People want to tell you why you're important to them or yeah. why the thing you why white chicks was like so important to their childhood or whatever <laughs> yeah. and like okay but white chicks is that girl is justice that girl. for white chicks <laughs> white chicks was so ahead of the i mean like mostly with just the fate like the makeup like the prosthetics because <laughs> at the time you were like okay we get it and it's funny and it's a movie mm. but like there are women that look like that now Oh, like, yeah, look just 100%. like that person. And it's like I used to be like, oh, I mean, like, yeah, they look like these crazy white girls. But like there's like a level of comedy. And now I'm like walking down the street. I'm like, oh, my God, that is they literally look like white chicks. You can see their tutorial about how yeah. to look that way. Yeah. It's all available on YouTube. Yeah. You guys Ahead called it. They called Ahead it. of its time. So you brought up Dawson's Creek. Mm. And I need to tell you that one of my favorite moments on that show is when your character drove a car <laughs> through a house drunk. I forgot about that. <laughs> it was the, like, Thanksgiving episode, Yes, right? and everyone is at, like, it brought Graham's my family house, together. Like, Graham's house. And you just, the car just plows through the house, and <laughs> it was a great soap moment. I forgot about that, Ira. Well, I forget nothing about soap opera. I love, <laughs> like, they, you know, the truth is that I was a messy drunk my first year in real life on Dawson's. I was pretty miserable and very lonely, and I got drunk a lot, and um, and it was pretty well known that I was, like, out hitting the bars on the weeknights and the weekends. And this is obviously like pre-TMZ and pre-internet and pre-camera phones. So I was afforded the luxury to be able to be like a messy teen mm. soap star in, and no one, I, I didn't have to suffer any consequences really for it. <laughs> um, and they fully just like wrote that into the show as my <laughs> Like, I think to just kind of, I mean, I think to kind of give it to me a little bit. Um, it did What hurt. better way well, to yeah. do an intervention? I, yeah, I think that like having been in writer's rooms where we'll try to add parts of into the character that like yeah. things always, we know about always. the actors. And you're like, we had a couple of people where it was like, they were like, ha ha, it's funny but you're looking at their face and it's like, oh, they don't actually think this is funny. I think there is a thing as an actor. I mean, since I have been on, since I'm like old lady glamour and I've been on 4,000 television shows in the last <laughs> 20 years, there is something as an actor where you do feel on a, on most shows where you do feel this separation between the writer's room and you and you feel like they fucking hate you. Like mm. that you do feel that 
sense of like that they're sitting in the room like talking shit about you most of the time. <laughs> and um they are no. <laughs> they're not not. Yeah. Like, that, I mean that is true. Yeah. And you're sitting there for hours and you're, you know, and and yeah, and they pull things from your the actors real lives. Every show I've been on, every actor I know and every writer I know, they pull things from mm-hmm. the actors real lives that end up in the show. And, you know, it's something that like, I think actors can be very sensitive people. And I think sometimes it is really hard for them. Yeah. I mean, the thing is writers pull so much from their own lives as well. And so it, I think it's also probably the, the distinction between the two. It's like, if I feel like I'm already putting so much of my own life on the screen, you're like, well, we can pull a little bit of busies and they, and you forget that though, you're making that decision to pull from your own life. At least it was fun drunk on Cougar Town. Oh, fun drunk on Cougs. Yeah, for sure. Which I feel like it introduced me to knowing that adulthood would be just me drinking bottles of wine at home all the time. Yes. At home. (laughs) And scamming your children into college. Don't you wish that had been a Cougar Town plot line? Was it? It might have been. It might have been, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, Courtney on that show would have done that. She would have, yeah. for sure. She would have used her cleavage to, like, get her son <laughs> in the car. I'm so fascinated by all of it, by the scamming. No, I love it. I, I like, love... can't stop talking. I've talked about it on my show every night this week. I'm fascinated. <laughs> I just no, wanna... it's like a gift. I said when we were recording this before, I felt like I was on like serious club drugs, like enjoying it way too much. Way too much. Yeah. I'm imagining what other celebrities were involved. I'm imagining Lori just like pacing in her home. Um, the turtlenecks like, uh, getting sharper yes, as the day goes on. Being like, I, listen, I can give you this person, okay? I mean, you Melinda Clark, know, she did it. You already know <laughs> we are. Like, I feel like now something big happens and truly 16 months later, there's an HBO miniseries. So you know by next Christmas, we're, gonna we're, we're already, we're going to be, there's going to be a fictionalized something of this. We're getting Trump movies, <laughs> the Roger Ailes thing. yeah. It's just, it's got to always jump into Would it. Would you audition for that project? For which one? For, uh, like, if they they do a drama of the, I'm the cheating scandal. I'm offer only first. Okay, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> I got that fucking twist. <laughs> um, uh... Um, what, who am I, Felicity Huffman? And Lori. This? No, you're I'm Lori. You're Lori. Genius. Could really <laughs> sink my teeth into it. Um, first of all, I'm too young, but also, no, I'm kidding. Well, I am, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, well, I wonder who will do it or how it will be done. It also just seems like, is it that interesting? It's just like rich people. I, I don't it know. It does it seem like it comes like, down to two phone calls. It seems like it doesn't, se- it doesn't seem like it's that deep. Like, yeah. it seems like it was like, here's the thing. Okay, let's do this thing. The thing that's fascinating to me is just the idea that it was somehow important for specifically Lori Laughlin's daughters to go to college. That's what I've been and, saying. And yeah. I don't understand that except. Are you obsessed with your children going to college? No. Oh. But I also, but I also, Ira, can say that from a place of privilege. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I understand that as well. Like, it's not a way out for my kids. Like, and I don't know what they're respective journeys will be but if it's not higher education like okay chill like I don't think it's necessary for them because I know what they're going what the world will afford to them anyway because of their 
place. Yeah. You know, so that's like easier for me to say that higher education isn't important just because of who I am and where and who my husband is and what our kids. But I've never understood that about. Like those kids did not need college. For that sure, badly. they shouldn't have gone to college. Right. I mean, that one girl was like, had all those brand deals. She's fucking lost them <laughs> right, all. Right. Also, right. also like, part of her brand, now brand she deal. Need, ironically, now she does need to go to college. Yes. Now also, she needs a backup plan. Apparently, a major part of her brand was announcing she hated school. I mean, just like it's so crazy. It's wild to me. But here's what I will say in my 20 years as an actor, I do find that a lot of times actors. In particular, of like a certain echelon, have a deep insecurity about their own lack of education. Mm -hmm. And so that they put a lot of pressure on their own children to sort of succeed where they maybe did not even try. So I don't know Lori Laughlin. And by the way, she apparently calls it Lachlan. I talked about this on my show <laughs> last night. She's saying that it's Lachlan. We have we've had a 30-year pop culture relationship with Lori Laughlin. It will remain Lori Laughlin to me. Laughlin. <laughs> um, but she, you know, I don't know her, I don't know her educational background. So I don't know if that's where she's coming from, like that where it's like so super important for her daughters to go to college and graduate from school because maybe she didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And you just like, I, I feel like also I feel like Meryl Streep would be the kind of actor who'd be like, I don't know, go to college. Don't go to college. You'll be fine. You know, I feel like she wouldn't care because she has like the Yale drama yes. school right. and the Oscars. And, and we the look at her and the yeah. prestige. Yeah. yeah. And like and she's like, I'm Aunt Becky. You're going to fucking college. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're, you're saying yeah. it's almost like it's com- comparable to when like. A known comic actor is sort of obsessed with doing drama because yes. of the self consciousness yeah. about yes. being taken seriously. I yeah. have found, just truly anecdotally speaking, that and and honestly, I suffered from it a little bit as well until I had a perspective shift, which is just like every kid has their own journey, and like education might not be my kid's journey, or mm-hmm. you know, being like an academic, not education, but like being an academic might not be my kid's journey. And that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I turned out fine with my (laughs) one and a half years of Loyola Marymount University. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Right down the street. Right. Right by Lati Hera. Right up. Yeah. Yeah. On top of the. Oh, yeah. Just anecdotally speaking, I have found that like a lot of specifically television actors get very insecure about their lack of education. And they're always like, you know, carrying around books and like <laughs> talking about things they read. And it's like everyone can calm Relax. the fuck down. Right. Like we think you're smart. It's okay. I'm having flashbacks to um, Winona Ryder used to always carry Catcher in the Rye with her. For and I was like, that's it. When I was 16, I was like, that's really cool. At 32, I'm like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. It's like, well, aren't you it... done with that book? Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Like, how many times are you down? reading that? <laughs> Or like Dante's Inferno. Like yeah. someone was just carrying a copy of Dante's Inferno and PeopleMag.com. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Your Cougar Town co-star, Courtney Cox, in her short-lived show. Dirt. Dirt, Dirt which I loved. Dirt. There's a scene where she walks out of a club and there's a guy leaning against 
uh, a Paul reading Gravity's Rainbow. There you go. <laughs> right. Is he an actor? Is he like the, yeah. the, the He's actor? He's an actor. Yeah. Busy, the more you get uh, like explosively famous just for being yourself, how <laughs> necessary or fun is acting to you? Is it more fun? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't done it in a while. Um, I loved doing the episode of camping that I did um, last year. That was very fun. Um, and Kimmy I, Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt did that. Kimmy too. Schmidt was incredible a year ago. Yeah, I shot that a year ago. It just came out. So that's, I forget because it like mm-hmm. sort of just was released. But um, that was a dream because working with Carol was like, uh, you know, she's an icon and it was pretty incredible. Um, you seen Adam's Family Values recently? Holds up. <sighs> yeah. Does it really? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I bet it does. Joan Cusack, and Houston, all my faves. I wonder I wonder if Ferdy would be into that. Maybe. Maybe I'll share with Adam. That's a perfect film. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe I will. Um, and uh, and obviously, I Feel Pretty was its own thing because mm-hmm. my husband co-wrote and co-directed it with his writing partner, directing partner, Abby. So that was fun. I don't know. We'll see. It depends what it is. I'm actually surprised you're that on the fence about it because you're such a casually. I mean, like I think of my own life watching Busy Phillips on TV. Like yeah. Kim Kelly is my friend. Literally, I'll bring. I could just call my best girlfriend at home. And be like, let's talk about Kim Kelly as my friend yeah. for like three hours, oh, and then we will. That's really nice. Yeah, that's um, an episode of Freaks and Geeks. But... I I love it. I I love it, and I and I like acting is the thing that I that truly makes me feel the best in my life. I mean, I have children and then that's, yeah. no, I mean, kidding. <laughs> um, no, but it really, it really is like the most fulfilling thing for me. But, um, but this industry and the, and getting jobs and keeping jobs and getting things on the air. And I, I, it ceases to be a thing that is fun for me. And additionally, I, because I have these kids that I keep mentioning who are 10 and five, Um, for me personally, the decision a few years ago became that I'm unwilling to travel while they're in school just because they're only little for such a short period of time. And like, it was my fucking decision to have them. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I may, I I should be there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) so which takes me out of like, I've been offered a lot of like things, many things in the last five years that are like shoots in Vancouver, shoots in Toronto, shoots in Atlanta, lots of shoots in Atlanta. Mm. And it's just not feasible for me. Real Housewives of Atlanta. Real Housewives they of want Atlanta. You to replace Kim. That would be, you would Talk be, about white you're the only, you're maybe the only white woman I would accept back on like they had to add because they had Kim what the first like once Kim left you were like oh yeah she probably never should have been there in the first place but like I could see you you could hold your own do you think you'd stand up to Nini there's there's no world in which I could do that (laughs) (laughs) no you could stand up to like Cynthia no no I I have like horrible crippling anxiety like this is all uh a front for I couldn't do I could not do that they're acting though is are they I don't know (laughs) what kind of roles do you feel like you weren't getting that you really sort of would love to do um something that back in the day I mean like I'm old now Ira like I'm turning 40 this year it's like that's it's done for me as an actor Oh my god! <laughs> no, but I mean, I I think that I missed, um, or I think that they missed. I think that I was just not the right 
era and time, like when the romantic comedy, like when I should have done a mm-hmm. romantic, like a quirky romantic comedy vibe, yeah. they weren't doing that then with girls like me. I was always too much. Like I was too loud or too weird or too something, but then, you know, also kind of too pretty to be the other thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. No, I was going to say also speaking of acting, though, when I watch your talk show, among all the talk show hosts, I feel like you were specifically the actor whisperer. Like people oh, trust you. Yeah. And like y- there's obviously like some commiseration going on there. As much as you are, you know, not primarily an actor anymore, do you take a lot of pride in like gaining some vulnerability out of people in that profession? It's been a really interesting several months of doing this show. And um, one of the things that we do. You both have been there. I'm sorry you haven't been there yet. It's okay. okay. <laughs> Jenny tells me about it. Yeah, it's Jenny comes all the time. It's so <laughs> um, Jenny Connor, guys, Jenny Connor. Um, one of the things that we do okay, is that I, I will, I'll share a lot of stuff with the person. It all gets cut out because it's a 22-minute show um, and we edit it. A lot of people don't know that, or maybe they do. I don't know. But I will, like, if they say something about a project, I'll be like, oh, my God, yes, that exact same thing happened to me when I was on this thing, and this is the story. And then full well, I'm aware always as I'm talking to the person that my part will be cut out. But I think just my willingness to share those things in front of the audience and to the other person makes them want to share back, I guess. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I mean, Julia Roberts is great on the show. My do you know, sweet queen. Do you know what they reminds queen. me of is the heyday of Rosie O'Donnell, who was like the last talk yeah. show host to be like, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. I can like make fun of myself and throw yeah. it back at you and you want to make fun of yourself. You, you know? know that my showrunner, Casey St. Ange, worked on the oh, Rosie yeah. O'Donnell show. I love for her. That ever for the whole the whole time, I think. Busy's showrunner is the world's number one Prince fan. Yeah. I, I'm I'm like a, a serious Prince devotee. And when I hear her talk about it, I'm like. Never mind. You win. No, it's really intense. Yeah. I slept in Paisley Park once. You did? I bet you didn't. Yeah, I did a seance. In, in Chanhassen, Minnesota? I had to talk to Prince. No, I don't care about Prince no. that much. <laughs> when when it starts to, when either. he when he dips into Supernatural, you know, because like right. he'll you know do these runs and then he says something <laughs> that's like not and you're like, oh, there we are. We're, we we know what's happening. It's just a bit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> sure is. Sure is. Uh, I was really interested in your Vanity Fair piece uh, where, you know, you were just talking about, you know, the struggles of being like uh, a woman in late mm-hmm. night. And um, I mean, how has that been? I mean, we've, we've seen that Lily Singh is going to have her I know. own show. Oh, my God. By the way, can I just say this? I'll say this on your podcast. So I knew that because we're NBC Universal family. So I knew this like weeks ago that Lily was getting the show and I was super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like didn't. I don't know. Guys, I don't pay attention, I guess. When people are talking to me. I didn't realize it was a fucking secret. So I've been like, <laughs> I have literally been talking about it on my fucking South by Southwest panel. Ray, do you remember my assistance here? I said it on my South by Southwest panel. No one picked it up. I was like, I was like, no, it's so great. And I really feel like it's so important to have more representation and more diverse voices and late night. I mean, I'm so excited that um, who's taking over the Carson Daly thing and like, and my, you know, friends were in the front. My producers were in the front row. And they're like, Lily. I was like, oh, yeah, Lily Singh is taking over that. <laughs> uh-huh. That was at South 
by Southwest last year, last week. I'm so glad that didn't fucking get picked up anywhere. <laughs> I would have like ruined their big fucking moment, and it would have seemed like you know maybe on purpose, or right, something. right? Right, right, right. It really wasn't. I genuinely thought it was like reignite unknown. the late night wars. Well, maybe I which... maybe I just did right now, but like <laughs> I genuinely thought it was a thing that was known because if it had gotten to me, I like obviously thought that was a it was not a secret. <laughs> but you could still head to the slammer as far as I'm concerned. Ugh. Yeah, just FYI. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is it even like? You know, like you're you're hosting a show um, and you're more visible and you're mm -hmm. out there. What's it like straddling that line, you know, between like talking about celebrities on your show mm -hmm. and then being one yourself and then knowing that you might run into that, like you might run into Lori at a I, party. Well, that, well, I don't think she's invited anymore. No, no, no. That is that. I mean, to me, that story in particular is so, is so. I, I, how do you not talk about Everyone's it? Talking Everyone's about talking it. about it. You have to talk about it. And I, and I don't actually feel bad because it's so egregious and insane to yeah. me that it's like, I don't fucking care. Um, I do, you know, we go through the topics in the morning and I stay away from stuff that makes me feel gross. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's my barometer yeah. is like, do I want to talk about this person's divorce? No, not really. That's not very interesting to me. I mean, I talked about the Ariana and Pete breakup, like when it happened, because that had to be discussed, I yeah. felt like. Um, we know the feeling, yes. You know, you know that I had the moment, like, um, the, when was it? It was right before Kate Beckinsale, maybe, where I was, like, watching SNL, and I finally got it. Like, Pete, I finally, like, got it. Oh, I see. It wasn't, yeah. like, it never had registered for me. I was always like, I don't get this. This is not a thing for me. And then I don't remember what it was on SNL, and I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, no, he, you... Could fuck him. Yeah. It would be. <laughs> Someone could. Someone could fuck him. Yeah. Someone. But like. To, I'd and, do it. You would? Yeah. Why not? Well, yeah, we know. Yeah. I think. I'd peep that, David, sir. I think you're you're a little different because you were an, an actor and like right. a famous actor. But I think a lot about Chrissy Teigen, who in the beginning when she was just like John Legend's beautiful girlfriend right. and was so funny on Twitter because she had all this access and the way that like normal people didn't. Right. And so she would tweet about things the way that you would like, oh, my God, it's the back of JLo's head. And then now that she's become famous. And I think part of it, too, is like that you have podcasts and talk shows and all these other arenas for celebrities in, in a way things they wouldn't have been doing before right and she's been someone who's really interesting to me because i'm like oh you're like a legit celebrity now as opposed to before when it was like oh she's like us she's but just she like still the, is like us and i she think is. people still think of that and that's the same thing that i have too yeah. is that people always felt like you know the infamous oscars moment it's like i wasn't nominated for an oscar i was there with my best friend and it was sort of like what if you got to go to the oscars with your best friend yeah. and sit front row for that thing um and i think that people see themselves in me or they're sort of like an aspirational like you know what's interesting to me on my instagram sometimes mm -hmm. like you know I'll, i'm not like <laughs> clearly not a fashion blogger guys but <laughs> i will post like a cute outfit yeah. or whatever and sometimes people get genuinely pissed if i'm wearing something expensive ah like mm. oh nice fucking four thousand dollar earrings or whatever i'm making that up but yeah. like you know i can't afford that and it's like well yeah no you don't live my life yeah. <laughs> I, I you, know i'm not you no i know that you think that i'm like the mom down the street and right that's chill but i also have like worked my fucking ass off in hollywood for 20 <laughs> years and i got some nice 
shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so it it is really funny to me because people think of me as this like super relatable, super this, yeah. super that. But then at the same time, then they get like offended when I Right. Wearing... Well, you're like, I'm not an Instagram influencer in my fashion nova. You're like, you right. which right. maybe you do sometimes, but like I feel like the influencer thing, it's, you know, where they, like everything's like tagged. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like so that you can absolutely achieve this. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's not what others right. are doing. Right. Like, I, I always like it to know it, know it to like, what is it? Like it to, to know, know it. Yeah, there is. It's like when people would <laughs> And then you get a percentage of the money if the person buys the thing. Oh, do they? Yeah, that's yeah. what that whole thing scam is. They have those shop now tags on them too. Where yeah. I know. Go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like when people would attack, um, like Michelle Obama or something. She's rich. Like, yeah. I was like, like, what are you talking like, about? It was like, she's rich. And also it's people forget the fact that you're a celebrity. So right. if you're we- half the time, if you're wearing like a dress that's like $20,000, they probably gave it to you right. to wear because right. they want you to be seen borrowed. in it. Yeah. The Michelle Obama stuff used to drive me crazy. I'm me like, too. she is one of the most visible human beings living on the planet. That bitch is going to be in a $2,000 dress. Like, it's just, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. And you're not her. Right. More to the point, more to the point. It's like, you are not her. She is not you. And you should be very clear about that every step of the way. Agree. I am always a little bit afraid on behalf of celebrities who are deemed approachable. I am like the, not just you, you, but like I think of people like Tina Fey or like mm. Kelly Clarkson or whatever, where I think it feels like you're friends with them. And then when you're not exactly what you thought they were or whatever, then they're hostile at you. Or well, something. I always feel like a huge disappointment. To people. <laughs> I, do think, I do think a lot of times, certain sometimes when fans or people approach me, I do think that they're looking for the best friend that they know and love from Instagram or whatever. And then depending on where I am, like I'm like with my kid in a grocery store or whatever, people have really interesting timing and they don't, (laughs) they don't know how to read a room or how to gauge a situation. And there are times when it's like, so chill and I'm happy like South by Southwest like I put myself in that fucking place you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like come say hi like I'll take your I'll take a selfie with you on the street like I'm there for that purpose but you know at Gelson's like with my five-year-old trying to like get her a snack and get dinner maybe that's like not the move Mm -hmm. guys I saw Kelly Clarkson once at Zara and it was unbelievable and I didn't say anything but I was just like I Love her so much. That's very really. I also love Zara. We are both here. <laughs> <laughs> this triangle is complete. It was, I was like, I can't say anything because it will ruin yeah. this perfect yeah. moment. And it is now pristine because I said nothing. And you get to, you get to, you get to hold that. I hold that forever. You get to hold that forever, <laughs> right. that moment. There's also something particularly strange a about moment people like in, this. Yeah. <laughs> about people in LA approaching celebrities. It's like, aren't you over it yet? Like when they post like pictures of like celebs and themselves, it's like, Nobody here is like, wow, by the fact that you ran into, I don't know, whomever, Andrew Rannells, that's who's coming to mind, at like, whatever, uh, CrossFit or something. Yeah. Love him, though. His <laughs> book just came out this week. I just got it. Yeah. No, he's like my crush. Anyway, this is my, this is all a way of saying I need to meet him. Okay. <laughs> I have told you before, I, I like when Casey Wilson was here, we are keeping Andrew Rannells away from you. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, but I, sorry, I didn't keep track of your notes. Is that who we should replace Rami with? Oh, that'd be cute. Yeah, mm, yeah. we're trying to replace Rami Malek on our board. Mm. Do you have any suggestions? I mean, Busy, you could also be Other than there. you. Yeah. yeah, it's weird that I'm not up there. <laughs> yeah. We can replace the Tamagotchi with you. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That trap. At a minimum. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me think about it. Rami's done. 
I just, with him. For now. Yeah. For now. Yeah. We're t- we're t- he and I are taking a break. Yeah. yeah. I feel that. Emotionally, he's mm-hmm. put me through a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That video. All those <laughs> things he's a fan of. <laughs> oh, that was so uh, <laughs> Log walks. Touching hands. <laughs> so disingenuous. He's so daring. He's a fan of. It was like so overacted. It was so Guys, weird. The champagne moment. <laughs> yes. When he shook up the champagne and sprayed like the photographers and the people so who were just engraving. Weird. I was like, they don't want this. No. They're engravers. No one, they, that is a they, person they, who's like not in touch with and, the like, world around them. Probably rented those tuxedos. And now you mm-hmm. got damn champagne all in their mm. rented tuxes. Bless. Bless his little heart. Mm. Bless his tiny little heart. <laughs> it is minuscule. <laughs> oh, but, oh, this is a question that I feel like you must be asked all the time, but I am curious. Yeah. What's your favorite Michelle role at performance? Oh, shit. Um, that's a hard, hard question. <laughs> um, I mean, I... Like, I love the movie Brokeback Mountain f- for so many reasons. And um, I that was, like, the first time that I feel like she was really allowed to, like, shine and and show what she, the depth that she was capable of. I mean, she's kind of done it in some indie movies that no one had seen, I guess, or some people had seen. Um, but I think that that performance. Venom. Venom. Um, that's your favorite? Indie movie of hers. Oh, yeah, that's your favorite yeah. indie movie. Um, but I think that that was sort of like the turn. I think it's mm-hmm. such an important role for her, and it was like such a turning point in her career. So it's probably one of my favorites. And then and then beyond that, like, um, I like loved her in Cabaret on Broadway. Oh, yeah. No, which, I'm sorry I didn't see that. But yeah. she, I heard yeah. she was amazing. Yeah. Which is why well, I can't wait was, to see. It was um, polarizing. Like, people either, like, fucking got what she was doing and were like, oh, shit, this is genius. Or they were like, that's not Liza Minnelli. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> like I don't like that. That's not exactly what I know from the movie. Um, I use that critique for just anybody, by the way. Of, yeah, yeah, it works. Ira, that's not yeah. Liza Minnelli. Yeah. But so that, like, her. I saw her in cabaret like I think four times because <laughs> um, I went to like some early dress and uh, you know but I, I she was a fucking powerhouse in that in that play and then I'm so excited about this show about Fosse Verdon I have you seen it so sorry I haven't, okay. I haven't seen it can't wait I'm uh, the stills were it. unreal. Yeah, yeah, the stills were unreal. I've seen like little bits and pieces, but I have not seen seen. Um, finally, when are we gonna get uh, like a? Thelma and Louise are like some buddy comedy with you two. Just taking on the world. I know. We really should. I, we've had some ideas in the past um, for things. I don't know. Like, I, I would, I think it would be really interesting to do something together like that. I would do it. I don't know. Would you rather a comedy or a drama together? I would go like, I think a comedy. Yeah. I think she's so funny and she never gets to showcase that and because she's so good at the other stuff. And I'm going to say Devastation reads so well in her face. It's like hard <laughs> not to give her a drama. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Manchester. Oh. Maybe Manchester is my yeah, favorite She's so good in that. That, like, scene, that scene. Yeah. That scene. No, she just is. Did you guys watch the show, the... Oh my god, what was it called with Faye when Faye Dunaway was Starlet. Starlet. Did yes. you watch Starlet? I am Faye Dunaway is one of my favorite celebrities ever, and I am afraid of her because yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. Um I've only seen <laughs> an episode of it though. Somebody was was just telling me about how obsessed they were with we, it. I was obsessed with Starlet and watched every episode. And there's a thing that my friend Abdi and I quote to this day sometimes when we see like a great performance, but they were doing this um challenge where they had to do a commercial. Um <laughs> And the line was, 
You hear that? That's the ocean calling. And I'm doing it like that because that's the girl, the girl, like it's stuck in my head. The girl that was one of the starlets in the running. That's how she said it. You hear that? That's the ocean calling. And um, Vivica A. Fox what? said. She was, she was one, one of the one judges. Of the judges. <laughs> Vivica A. Fox said, do you hear that? That's the gym calling. <gasps> and, um, that, was, that was like one quote because they were like in a bikini, like for this commercial or whatever. Challenge. That was the one quote. And then I don't care if it's this. I can't remember. Someone needs to find it. If it's Faye Dunaway that said it or if it's Vivica A. Fox that said it during one of the scene challenges in the critiques afterwards, she said, listen to me. I think it's Faye. She said, listen to me. A scene must have bones. <laughs> she was like snapping her fingers. And I think about a scene must have bones <laughs> all the time. Also, that is just hair racing. Thank it's you for that advice. With her, probably literal bones. Yes, right. The, Find them. The prize for the starlet was, I believe, a walk on roll on One Tree Hill. I believe you got like that was like lines. the main prize. I think the main prize was like you got like $15,000. New headshots and a walk on roll on CW's One Tree Hill. And I think the person got like, I think the girl got like a scene or something on One Tree Hill. I wow. wonder who won the starlet. Yeah. I wonder no. where she is. I'm going to say who is. It's, I mean, it was Jennifer Lawrence. Right. Yes, right, yeah. Vivica Fox. Babes. <laughs> Vivica Fox and Faye Dunaway, like you already have me. I right. don't you understand. Like you. Can we, got, we find that show anywhere? I'm going to hunt it down and yeah. it will become my favorite we'll show. We'll start recapping it. Should yes. we start recapping it every recapping week starlet. on Keep It? <laughs> you guys have me back, please, when you get to the scene must have both. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, Fascinating. Before you go. Yes. You, we were talking about Watch Your Hill Walk On, CW, obviously. Mm. WB, did mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. ever shoot, I can't remember, did you ever shoot one of those big... Um, People piles? No, yes, the ones where they had the cast of every show and you're all just dancing around like, oh, what a night with Michigan J. Frog. Always, <laughs> oh, what a night. Um, I shot one of the promos for for the WB, but... This is like actually like weirdly a sad story, Ira. Oh. <laughs> I know it's weird. Um, the promo shoot, I did one of those promo shoots, and they just kind of like they shoot everyone kind of separately and then they just okay. jammed, they jammed <laughs> you all together. Oh, um, that's disappointing. Um, it was disappointing. I thought everyone was having a party. Mm-hmm. No, but I remember <laughs> back in the day, I mean It's like the look parties, at James Vanderbeek and Sarah Michelle Geller laughing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was sort of like, I was on the tail end of the journey for both the WB and Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying I brought it all down, but, <laughs> um, but but I remember like the big summer soiree party, the WB party. It was when that show, um, The Surreal Life oh, was yes. on yes. WB. Oh, yes. And um, MC Hammer and uh, Emmanuel Lewis was on that show. And I remember being like really excited that I was at a party with MC Hammer. Like mm-hmm. that was a Duh. very exciting moment for me mm-hmm. um pumps and a bump than, yes but other than that though too i was like i didn't watch the wb show you're younger mm. than me mm-hmm. i was like already working and in college and like and then was on freaks and geeks and like i kind of missed it i wasn't a dawson's creek fan i wasn't this is people hate this when i say this but like i had never seen an episode of dawson's creek when i got cast on it <laughs> no, I remember Rose McGowan saying one. She was like, "I don't watch Charmed." And yeah, I was I like, that makes Charmed. me love you. Good. <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch Charmed. I didn't watch. I didn't watch any of those teen shows. Like, I didn't watch. What were the other ones? Oh, I did like Felicity. Mm-hmm. 
And Speedman is one of my good friends now, and that's always fun for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make him do a photo shoot occasionally with my phone. Um, Did you watch Felicity? I loved Felicity. I was so excited to meet him that one time with you. Yes. At your book party. Yes. And I was like, Scott Speedman. Still Scott Speedman. Truly, he is the greatest. Scott Ben Speedman. (laughs) 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 Anyway, (laughs) um, thank you for being here, Busy. Thanks for having me. Um, We love you. I love you. You were so killer. Thank you for being here. Oh, gosh, guys. You are our Tamagotchi. I, you know what? (laughs) I love it. Don't kill me. Remember to to, remember to give me a nap. I will not (laughs) let my teacher put you in his desk because I should not have you out. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats, like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. And we're back. Tulsi Gabbard is still running for president. Um, <laughs> Team Tulsi. <laughs> still still walking around with uh, the lay on to let you know that she is from Hawaii. Was that the, the gay conversion ther- therapy lady? Right. She's like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm still running. And, and Gillibrand. She's running, too. Yes. Uh, I adore her. I feel I like I haven't thought too. of her in a week. What's happening? Well, you know, she's in it. All you right. know who I want to hear more about? Hickenlooper. Yes. So I like to say in the name. <laughs> also, Pete Buttigieg, I trust a gay man who still goes to supercuts. That's what I'm saying about him. Moving on. <laughs> I like Pete a lot, actually. He's a doll. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about Pete. We're here to talk about Chris Pratt and how he prayed to Jesus. And now James Gunn is back <laughs> as director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> Prayer works, <laughs> especially when Marvel never wanted to fire him in the first place. No one wanted to. I mean, no the studio didn't want to fire him. No one wanted to fire him. So he's reinstated after 
a group of alt-right uh, Nazis and crazy yeah, people. Pizzagate-esque people. Yes. yes, like Mike Cernovich. I just hate that name. Yeah, it's I tough. hate that name. I hate his Twitter, Avi, uh, with just him and his him and his white wife. Um, <laughs> just looking pizzagate Um, He unearthed decades of old tweets that had pedophilia and rape jokes in them. And... So Gunn was fired from the movie, and he agreed to direct Suicide Squad uh, by Warner Brothers, the sequel. Um, but now... And if you watch the first Suicide Squad, you think, I must know what happens next. So good for you guys. <laughs> Will Smith didn't think that because he dropped out and was recast with Idris Elba. Yep. Mm-hmm. But after several discussions with Walt Disney Studios chairman Alan Horn, Horn was persuaded by Gunn's apology and reinstated him as director... And reportedly, Marvel never actually met with anyone else to (laughs) replace him since his firing in July. So it was obvious that they were always planning to bring him back. They texted him like, shh, we'll call you in like four months. No, but is this is this not the exact prediction I have been making since the beginning of all this Me Too stuff is like everyone is going to get their job back at some point, like all of these men, it's just like a let it blow over thing. And Mm -hmm. then they're going to come back. Although arguably, listen, his tweets were stupid and bad, but it was a little like, I mean, who fucking cares? Who's directing guardians of the galaxy three, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel like, Oh wow, we got rid of a predator. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? You feel like you got rid of, and you didn't get rid of anyone, but you just fired someone who just like has terrible taste. Yeah. I mean, he should have just gone on Ellen. Oh, sure. <laughs> Wept. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the James Gunn firing never really sat well with me because it was in the midst of the Me Too um movement, which is which is over now. Um love that two years ago. Yes. Um it was in the midst of it and it, you know, it was the right being sort of like, well, we got you. We got one. We're going to hold you liberals to getting rid of everyone in cleaning house. And now we've just seen they're still trash people. And so maybe you shouldn't have been um, kowtowing to the demands of a pizza gator from the alt-right. Also, right. like the first time I saw the tweets in question, I me- I remember thinking like, all right, those are particularly gross. Now, like the 80th time we've come back to them, you know, thinking if he's going to come back or not. Now I'm just like, who the fuck cares? Like, frankly, there's a string of Twitter that's just gross, sort of like super sexist humor. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, even though it personally is disgusting and I think we sort of put him through the ringer. I don't know. I'm not like obsessed with him being back, but I'm not mad either. We put him in the stocks for a week and we're over it. Also, again, I have to say, who cares who's directing Guardians of the Galaxy? We're talking about galaxies and Guardians (laughs) thereof. So what you need to know is the world's at stake. Also, I'm pretty sure um, someone evaporated at the end of uh, whatever the fuck Marvel movie I saw. Infinity War? Sure, sure. Didn't someone turn to dust? There was the snap, which Thanos did after he got the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I'm just saying, didn't someone Uh, disappear? How are we at Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Well, I mean... Are they going to be un... Unsanded. Well, yes. Uh, all of Obviously. none of them are dead. I love how. Can I just say that was my favorite when <laughs> when T'Challa disappeared. I was like, I already know there's a Black Panther too, yeah. so I already know this isn't permanent. There were people online mad at the Spider-Man uh, Far From Home trailer because Peter Parker disintegrates at the yeah. end of Infinity War. It was like, 
we've known there was a Spider-Man sequel to Homecoming coming out after it was announced. Who did you think was going to be in it? Right. Can I, you know, my most... Like, the most annoying character to me in that movie was Chris Pratt's character. It's hard for me to separate him now. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to just look at him like, oh, the guy from Parks and Rec. But um, him in that movie was so annoying where I was, like, mad at him. Like, I'm mad at Chris Pratt Mm -hmm. and the character. So I was also just, like, when he was doing the praying thing and, like, oh, like, bring him back and whatever. I was like, you... They could have saved the world if you hadn't fucking flipped out because your girlfriend died. No, here's my question about these movies. I can't see them because I'm myself. Chris Pratt in these movies, is he doing a lot of ho-hum humor? Is it like I'm a normal guy, superhero type shit? No. He's sort of a cocky human hanging out with aliens. But he's half alien, right? Yes, half alien, but didn't really have any superpowers until the second one, sort of, when his dad was a planet. Okay. Yeah, he's he's he is sort of like the cocky, like, Kurt Russell like, was his dad. I listened to my tape record cassettes. Okay. I saw Baby yeah. Driver. I know what that's like. <laughs> the resident Marvel fan here. Yes, right. I literally, I'm like, Scarlett Johansson's in those, right? I'm truly like dumbfounded. Wait. She's getting her own movie. About time. Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, is Marvel, a is that Warner Brothers? No. So Warner Brothers is DC. Okay. And Warner Brothers has some drama itself. CEO of Warner Brothers, Kevin Sujihara, stepped down. Because, uh, you know, as Chris Pratt opens one door, he closes another. <laughs> right. uh, Kevin stepped down after allegations that he had an affair with the young actress Charlotte Kirk. Uh, earlier this month, The Hollywood Reporter released text messages between him, Brett Ratner, of course. <laughs> uh, the world's fave. James Packer and Charlotte promising to get her auditions and cast her in the studio movies. She was eventually cast in Ocean's 8 and How to Be Single. I have a question for Lewis, since he knows who actresses are more sure. than us. Um, who the fuck is Charlotte Kirk? I would love to know myself. Who is she <laughs> in Ocean's 8? No guess. Was she like, was she like my only, what other actress was in that That's movie? That's what I'm saying. They're Who like, drove the van for Rihanna? I have no idea. There's like no other, there's almost no other women who speak in that movie right. who aren't one of the eight. Yeah. And then there's like cameos from like other character actresses in it too, but I know who they are. Charlotte Kirk though. I mean, she must've played like somebody holding up a dress for Anne Hathaway? No guess. Also scamming to put someone in a Warner Brothers movie? <laughs> like, is she the new I, Cody Horn? I just, it, <laughs> wow. Good it pull. will never, I will just never understand with these dudes, like, what you're risking for just this bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, because it's like, you could have had an affair with just someone else and like, you wouldn't have to leave your job because of it. You'd have to deal with like the fallout from that, presumably with your wife and family. But it's like going the extra step of having an affair with an actress and then like scheming to get her roles. It's like, oh, you just wanted to fuck up your life. Just have an affair with someone else. Have an affair with like a regular fucking person. And then none of this happens to you. Right. I mean, this is not the studio era of Errol Flynn, you know, like I, I, thought, I thought we had moved on from this particular I wish we hadn't, Hollywood okay. scam. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to move on from the Errol Flynn days. He's so dashing. He looks a lot like Ryan Gosling. I know. Yeah. Um, Wasn't he abusive? Say what? My Wicked Wicked Ways is the name of his memoir. I think that's the case. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 yes. Uh, it, it feels very old fashioned. Like I'm going to get this woman into some movies via 
uh, <laughs> our sexual relationship. I mean, I'm sure that's like still happens a lot, but just it's very cliched and an old dumb, way. And you, he was like, I think he was the first Asian person to run a major studio. And it's like, you fucked all that up for this dumb shit, man. Come I, on. You know what? In 2019, I think it's cool to be the first Asian person to fuck up a studio. You know? I mean, maybe that's. The I think that's an accomplishment too. That is the progress that Sandra O oh wants. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> killing Eve, killing the studios. <laughs> that's like an Ira joke. I, I'm sorry I made it. <laughs> I'm very proud of that. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. Yeah. Um, wow. Men are trash. Yeah, men, men I are guess. good. I mean, um, the trash trash is on. I mean, that's the whole thing. You know, I love that when we've been talking about affairs on the show, it's always someone having an affair that has something to do with their job. Just have a regular affair. Right. That's just like what I don't. It's it's also like I had been listening to the slow burn, slow burn, the podcast, the Bill Clinton one about the Monica Lindsay scandal. Riveting. And you're just, it's so good. But you're just like, just go find someone else. And you don't have this problem. Like, it's just so bizarre. And it really is. It's just, I mean, the thing is, I know what it is. It's men. It's these powerful men believing they're invincible and that mm. no one can touch them and no one can bring them down in part because history has shown them that that is true. Like, truly up until now, it's like, so, how long was Les Moonves moonvesing before he finally got caught? A long fucking time. So I know. How much less could a Moonves vest? Exactly. So I know, <laughs> I know why, but it still is just like, like, you don't have any impulse control, do you? Right. No, the abuse of power is too erotically charging for these <laughs> fucking people. And what is also the point of being an old man in the industry fucking a young starlet and you can't even be on the red carpet with her so people know that you're dating her? Yeah. It sounds like you want this job, actually, and would prefer <laughs> to do it correctly. Yes. Uh, I mean... Men are trash. Men are trash. That's all that... I got to say about that. Um, Bring back the Lori Laughlin scandal. God, I'm already missing it. Where are the new developments? Please. The, and, the, and just the new courtroom pictures. I want to see all her looks. <laughs> all right. When we're back, keep it. We're back with our favorite segment of the episode where I tell you that Amy Klobuchar is still running for president. Who the fuck is that? That's the woman who was throwing binders at people allegedly. Who is that? I, this the is Minnesota the, lady. This is yes. the first time in my life I've ever even heard that name. I've never heard this before. She was the one who made a splash during the Kavanaugh hearings too. People liked her and then there was this expose that she treats her staffers poorly. And eats a salad with forks. With, with, no, she eats a salad with, with, with a, a comb. comb. With a comb. Yeah. She ate a salad with a comb because her staffer did not forgot to get a fork for her. Wait, what kind of comb? No guess. It, it better be the one with like a, a stick on the end of it. But no, it almost needs to be like um like an Afro pick, you know, because like that is more comb size. Sure. Wouldn't that be? If she I, has one of those, I will be terribly yeah, that's, worried. That's actually a bigger problem. I mean, also Kamala Harris, we know. Who is Jay Inslee? Mm. The, the like sixth lead on... The Washington governor, Jay Inslee, is running for president along with Bernie Sanders. John Hickenlooper, who you mentioned. Yep. Beto O'Rourke. Yep. And Love M himself. Well, I think that's it. Oh, and maybe Joe Biden. Oh, because right. he, yeah. Well, yes, he's a Did you say Liz Warren yet? Yeah. Uh, and Liz Warren, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, those are people we know. You're just okay. like Cronkite this episode. My Guys, God, this riveting. Wake wake me tally. up. <laughs> November like November first. Give me the 
Give me the rundown. Don't We're even done. wake me up. Wake yeah. me up when November ends. The Green Day remix. Wow. Oh my God. Should be bad. <laughs> Kara, what is your keeper? Um, I'm going to do a real kind of like basic keep it this week. But my keep it is to the unpopular opinions tweets that keep popping out. They oh, yeah. Very annoying. There, it's like, so I don't know who started this shit, but basically it's been this. I, you, would you be called a meme? I don't know. It's been like a Twitter challenge, let's say. And someone will tweet unpopular opinions like couples edition, unpopular opinions, food, unpopular opinions. Who the fuck cares? And then all these people will like quote tweet their quote unquote unpopular opinions about shit that nobody cares about. And then it's like people arguing about dumb shit that doesn't matter. I'm like, don't we have enough to argue about already? Like, we don't need to pick fights amongst each other. As much as I would want to congratulate myself for having best hot takes, man, no hot takes are hot anymore. Uh, We're just done. Right. Yeah. If they're not, and it's like people who think that their, their takes are hot, it's like, this isn't a hot take. You're just like, oh, you know, honeydew is gross. Yeah, we know. Right. Yeah. We've, we've heard. Thank you. Blake Lively was great in the town. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That Keep movie. it to yourself. <laughs> Actually, she is pretty good. She's good in that movie. Yeah, not a good movie. But... I think I stand her now. Yeah, I, I'm, I like her. For, for what? From a simple favor. <laughs> okay. Which the Blake Lively menswear challenge, yes. Yes. I mean, if Leighton Meester's not going to do anything, she's not trying to be a star. I'm going to have to go over to Serena. Do you think you'll go to Blake Lively's vow renewal cel- uh, ceremony on the plantation? Uh, you know? I say that because Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds got I, married on a plantation. I, 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 I do remember. Where, oh, I didn't where, know that. Oh, yes, they did. Yes, a plantation. A plantation. Do you remember? Do you, also, do you remember? A plantation pres- where slaves used to be. Yes. A plantation. Ooh, well, I'd go if it was Tara. <laughs> okay. I just watched that over over the weekend. We can talk about that later. Anyway, yeah. I don't. I don't like your dumb tweets. Who cares? It's tiring. Also, it's gone on much longer than I thought it would. Uh-huh. Like, it, you know, it, yes. it feels like it's been like weeks of this. There's a specific person on Twitter, too, who loves doing those question tweets. Yeah. They get off on people retweeting them with yeah. their opinions all the time. <laughs> it's very and it's annoying. like, what, what an enormous them. high. What an enormous <laughs> chase in that <laughs> white horse. Maybe uh, I should just mute the words unpopular opinion. Yeah, you should. I think I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, Lewis. This is another one of these secretly supportive keep it's apologies ahead of time. It's never a secret though. I know. Oh, I'm saying it, right? We we expect it now. It's tradition. (laughs) It's uh, keep it to the new Toy Story trailer because I don't know if you remember this. When the first Toy Story came out, it was about toys that moved and were funny. Now it's about devastating you. I cannot even get through this trailer. They are so sad. Bo Peep is back, but something's not right. <laughs> it is I Annie Potts again. I have not watched it yet. Oh my four? God. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And they're playing um, uh, 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 Beach Boys uh, God Only Knows during the trailer. <laughs> so it is like some deep melancholy. See, this is, this is, this was my problem with the Frozen 2 trailer, which whatever you think about Frozen, it was a plucky, fun little also, it's Let for, it go, it's movie. for children, so for it doesn't children. matter what adults think about the it. The second yeah. trailer looks depressing as fuck. Jesus Christ. No, I know. And she's like married to the sea at the beginning. It's really creepy. <laughs> but um, the point is, I will still see this because I think uh, Woody in Toy Story is my favorite Pixar character hmm. still. They are very good. I still like Wally. Wally was, oh, that was also too don't, crazy and sad for me. Don't you feel like Pixar is kind of like the way This Is Us has just figured out 
how to make you sob every week. Pixar, it's like, oh, we've we've cracked the code. We know how to just destroy people right. in movie theaters. And now they're kind of exploiting it. Depressing animated film. Yeah. Toy Story has gotten, I mean, they're all good, but they have gotten progressively darker. Three made me want to slip my wrist. I think, all, I think it began really, I think up. Like that yeah. montage was like one of the first super <laughs> devastating. Let's just kill like, an old man's yeah, wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, and they were like, ooh, I liked that. And then they just like kept putting it in their movies. <laughs> no, Wally was the first one though where I watched and I was like, these emotional sharpshooters who wrote this movie are lit. I, I am right in their crosshairs. And now a tear is falling and it is heart shaped. What about, what about Ratatouille? That that was that was a depressing. Th- that's what I'm, uh, I love a romp. I love a romp. Yeah. Yes, you know, a, a romp in Paris. Oh god, uh, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> Let's go. Love going to Paris and seeing a rat cooking <laughs> my bouillabaisse. Uh, my keep it is to the app CoStar. Uh, what is that? It, oh. it is a horoscope app. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And it sends well, you guys you all have a disease anyway. This shit is like never funny to me. Okay, you know what? You are so confusing to me as a fellow Leo, and right. you disgust me. <laughs> you don't even deserve to be <laughs> under the same sign as me. Um, they send you push notifications about your day. I don't have those on. Okay, okay. So <laughs> the, the push notifications are rude as hell. They'll be like, um. Don't try to find your home by crawling into someone else's body. Or they're like, they basically are like, don't spend all your money like you usually do. Or just you know, th- throw yourself out of a window, you single bitch. They do talk about, <laughs> I. so I, I'm not really an astrologer. I'm not an astrology person, but I got it because like all of my friends got it and they were doing it. So like, I don't look at it often, but when I do, it's always like, this is a period where you're not feeling very creative. And I'm like, I'm literally writing something right now. <laughs> you're wrong. It's told me I haven't been creative for like truly months. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, I'm, I'm actually working. <laughs> you screamed at the computer. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I wonder if John Favreau created this app. Oh, specifically to menace you. Me. He's oh, menacing see. me. Right, He's right. my phantom menace. Uh, <laughs> But no, I I do appreciate CoStar though because you can follow your friends on it, right? And so, because you, Lewis, you know how gays are with horoscopes. Oh, they're in, quite in enamored LA. of them. Yes, there 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 are guys who sometimes when you meet them, they're like, "Well, let's see what our compatibility oh, is you, with you, our horoscopes." You want to hear a shocker? There are straight men in LA who do that also. What? Yes, that's the <laughs> terrifying thing. The number of yeah, the number of straight men who it's like, can I just can I ask what your sign is? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> do they do we, they ask to check your co-star compatibility? No, because no it will tell that, you yeah. too. When you friend someone on co-star, it gives you yeah. your compatibility. Like as friend, that's so that was why I downloaded it because like I had friends. That oh, were okay, like, okay. Let's see our compatibility, and it's like we're already friends. We don't need to confirm that we're compatible yeah. <laughs> with the astrology. No, but I, yeah, I mean, I've been meeting men who like will then add you on CoStar so you can look at your compatibility. Why don't you just talk to someone and then you can find out if you're fucking compatible? Because well, I need to know what. The stars say, uh, does Orion want me to fuck this person? Sure. Horoscope compatibility is slightly less annoying than people who are obsessed with um, Myers-Briggs tests. Like the, when they write on their Tinder profile, INFJ here. It's like, you who know, remembers? I'm going to say, you know what I am? Uh, a functional person who can talk to other people. How about that? <laughs> you know what I am? An ENTJ. Go run with that, listeners. I'm an ENFJ. It's truly like mm. the most, it's like the, 
It's like half the people on mine too. are good and half are terrible. Mm. I actually think I was an ENFJ as well. Yeah. Feeling, judging. Lewis and I are far too similar for my liking. It is gross. At some time. Freaks me you know? out. That's why our romance never worked. I know. Oh, God. God. <laughs> There's like a Reddit community that will just take anything and run with it. So please don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess that's our show. We were, we're whimsical today. Uh, Tune in on Friday for our next Keep It Brief, where we will talk to Yasser Lester Mm -hmm. about Netflix's cruel decision to cancel one day at a time. is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 